Really? It's a singer like a barbershop quartet. Yeah. Oh my god. Welcome to Straight Cut Nonsense, the podcast. Um, the next time we do this, mm-hmm. we'll have the sound bite. Right. You know, whatever. Yeah. Straight cut wine, right? Yeah, Sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Shifting gears. And then I'll come in. Welcome to Straight Cut Nonsense. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be... We're keeping this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going in the episode. Oh, what was hey. that? What is this? <laughs> Tell us. Welcome to Straight Cut Nonsense. Our take on the world of cars. And Sam. And scene. Okay. Yep. Great. Every week... Whoa, don't spill the cider, man. Oh, sorry. Every week you can expect a short and sweet take on the latest automotive news and a main discussion topic with some nonsense sprinkled on top. Courtesy of myself, Spencer. And James. Yeah. Other guy. (laughs) In the room. (laughs) Uh, So this is definitely going to be very much a a pilot episode. But basically, um, we are two guys in England currently, although I am clearly not from England. I grew up in San Francisco. Um, and I always loved cars, and I had a dream of starting a car company, and that's actually what brought me to England. So, long story short, I did a motorsport engineering degree, but James is, when did we meet? We met, uh, when I came to Oxford for an interview, and I might have seen you in the kitchen. Yes. Of this precise house. Yes. But I don't think we discussed cars properly. No, until but I this knew year. you did say you did a motorsports degree when I first met you in the kitchen. Okay. And I tried to talk to you, but then you were like, "I've got to go," and I was like, "You're rude. <laughs> Get out <laughs> of and your it, kitchen." <laughs> and, and here we are now. Yeah, and here um, we are now. Yeah. Um, and I think we didn't realize the extent to which we were car nerds and how yes. much we both live and breathe. Yeah. Cars. Because, yeah. like, I've met a lot of people who are, like, fans of cars, but I don't know many people who could talk for hours and hours and hours. But I, uh, on the very, on the opposite end of the spectrum, <laughs> to Spencer, I'm obviously English. Um, I grew up in Surrey. Surrey. Uh, near the A3. Um, you were telling me that there's some automotive significance. Yeah, yeah. So the A3, like, uh, in days of yore, um, the A3 was, like, a hub for a lot of different uh, British automotive uh Factories and HQs and stuff. Yes. Um, I can't tell you specifically which ones, but there's lot. There were a lot along the A3. There were a lot of them, and the Hogsback is like a really famous uh, section of road in Surrey, okay. near Guildford, where like a lot of testing would go on. Um, apparently, so that's cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I work for the University of Oxford, so uh, very different to good young young dispenser here. Yes, and and you'll probably um, hear that uh, with the large words that James uses and I don't understand. Oh, I'm so fucking literate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there'll be a good balance is what we're trying to say, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll we, get some, we, d- some stupid with a smile. Yeah, yeah. Very <laughs> different upbringings. Um, very different levels of cool. But, yeah, you know. I'm, I'm on another level. Yeah. Let's be real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we also have like completely different, though we definitely have a respect for cars and the cars that we respectively like, I think we uh, still have a different, like, taste in cars. Very different. No, we, have, no. we have a lot of overlap. We have a lot of overlap. But we have a lot of differences as well. We do. And uh, we thought it would be quite fun to record us arguing about cars. Yeah. 
So basically, every week, <laughs> you can expect a short and sweet take on the latest automotive news and a main discussion topic with some nonsense sprinkled on top, courtesy of us. Yes. Anyway, uh, shall we discuss some news, Spencer? Yes, I think we should. Yeah? So, uh, I guess the first... Uh, we've got a few things we're going to talk about, but the first one that we're going to talk about um, is McLaren's new uh, platform. Um, so, the Super Sport series which is the S variant, so the 720, the 570, the 540? Or is that just a Cabrio? I can't remember. There's lots. Yeah. I think it's just 570 and the 720. 540C, we think. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. never mind. So it's just the 570 and the 720. They're being replaced by a new range, and they're not going to be called Super Sports anymore because they're all going to be hybrid. So they're going to be called, I think, the hybrid... Uh, wait, I'm looking it up now because I'm really professional. Um, <laughs> they're called. They're called. <laughs> this article's not very forthcoming. A HBH. Yeah, so, I could have told you that. High Performance Hybrid Series. Yeah, you're so good at this. I um, didn't know what you were trying to look for, otherwise, I would have just said it. I'm just unprepared. That, that's an interesting thing. Do you think that McLaren deciding to rename it? away from Super Sports Series to High Performance Hybrid says something of the philosophy behind the cars. Not only, obviously, the cars are hybrid, but mm. you think they'll be in some ways less less of a sports car? Um, I don't know. If if they are less sporty, then it kind of... I find that weird. Because why wouldn't you just try and redefine sporty by including hybrid in it without calling it something else? Exactly. So, I... Uh, I mean... It's a lot less snappy than just S. Or I don't know. Well, we don't know what the naming configuration is going to be. They might just continue with S. But if they call it like the 600H, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm kind of shocked they even felt like they needed to change the Super Sport Series name at all, to be honest. They could have just yeah. said yeah. Super Sport Series, you know, with, with our new hybrid platform. Yeah. No, they could have just folded the hybrid platform into yeah. the Sport Series and just been like, this is the new Sporty, which would... You know, and now I think I don't know. I think that would have been better, um, but they're going to be powered by your most hated engine ever, uh, a V six. God damn it! Yeah, uh, well, uh, <laughs> but made by the same people who made the V eight, which is Ricardo. Ricardo, yeah. Uh, so who knows what it will sound like? Have they stated what displacement this V six no. will be? They've like they've not given any details about like displacement or power, just that it'll be more power. Um, and that it'll be a V6 instead of a V8. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I wonder... That. So, the current one is a 3.8 liter. Is yes. that right? So They've all been 3.8s. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Even the P1. It's the same... It's basically the same block, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And with, you know, variations. So, like, the yeah. P1 engine, obviously, is not quite the same. Right, <laughs> it's right. It's more but. stout. But, I mean, you know, that alone is... Depending on which way you look on it, it's either a great business... Proposition, you know, for a modular engine console that you can just tune to your liking, mm-hmm. or if you want to be uh, kind of cynical about it, which I kind of like to, <laughs> it is it Do shows it. you that McLaren is hasn't really felt the need to develop their you know engine much throughout. When when did it come out? Uh, two thousand and eleven. It was the MP four twelve C, which yeah, yeah um, I'm pretty sure because it came out at the same time as like the four five eight. Yeah. So like Ferrari significantly revises their V twelve yeah. V eight pretty much every generation. 
Yeah, but they have the money for it. They do. They um, do. And they have the heritage of it as well. Yeah. Um, so I get it makes sense as like a new business model for a because it I mean McLaren isn't even ten years like the the new motor division anyway uh, the road cars are not even ten years old right right which is crazy when you think about it like that it like it's it's nuts I mean obviously they've had they have lots of money because motorsport because their long heritage yada 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 but even so it's still like they're bit impressive that they created a new everything um, and have progressed like this far so. Yeah, um, I wonder if they'll use this V six for every engine, like, like I, now. I bet they will. I mean, yeah, I kind of, I kind of think so too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, they've already said that the cars will be a lot heavier. But that, really? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so painful. Yeah. So the article I'm reading now, so it says the replacement for the five seventy S will weigh between somewhere between. Uh, 1,450 kilos and 1,550 kilos. And the 570s, uh, closer to three thirteen hundred kilos. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it's a hybrid system. It's going to weigh more. Yeah. Even if it's a smaller engine, there's more stuff that needs to be in it. Well, so. that's even less, less weight gain than I thought. So that tells you that they're using a pretty small battery pack. Yeah. Which will be good for weight, not ideal for yeah. you know electric driving range. Yeah, so uh, actually they do have stats for the electric, the range of the electric motor, and I wish I could find it. This <laughs> article is not telling me. Um, it's something like it's uh, just uh, yeah, it's eighteen point six miles. Um, that's how long the electronic, uh, yeah. the motor what uh, lasts, and I don't have the stats to back up any other hybrid <laughs> power. Okay, I'm figures. guessing that's that's twenty five kilometers, right? Yeah, they're about Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's probably some like, okay. you know, like six to eight kilowatt hour pack or something, I would guess. I'm glad you know this because I was like, yes, <laughs> that's a number. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, that, I mean, I trust McLaren to like do as much as they can to make their cars light because, because that, that's been a cornerstone of like their production is that almost every car has been under 1500 kilos barring like I can't remember how much the P1 weighed. I'm pretty sure it was under 1,500. If it wasn't, I, I forgive it because it's complicated. Um, yeah. Maybe the GT. Maybe the GT, but we don't really think about that because, like, who cares about the GT? But they are always the lightest, if not one of the lightest cars in their class. Yeah, I think that's probably due to their chassis, like, yeah. one chassis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and speaking of another uh, new platform on the, blo- on the block, do you want to talk about Ferrari? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. more V6s <laughs> um, an Italian V6 come on it, it might be a good thing an, an Italian V6 is, is the closest thing I can think of to an enjoyable V6 <laughs> yeah busso yeah yeah, uh, yeah. So, so Ferrari recently announced that there's going to be a, a car that'll slot in below the FA Tributo and it will have oh a, it will likely have a V6 hybrid powertrain yeah um, yeah. and you know I don't know if anyone's seen the recent Top Gear series that came out um, season 1 or season what is it, 29 29 yeah episode 1 of that um, Chris Harris drove the SF90 Ugh. and then off screen with a, like a little behind the scenes YouTube video yes um, I saw that they, it was Chris Harris on the SF90 yes. he just talked about for 5 minutes yes and um, th- that was kind of a distilled version of his review it was yeah. you know um, oh was it okay yeah, oh, yeah. so 
I it's and it's something that I, I totally agree with. Where like these cars are becoming so impressive, but they're not becoming any more enjoyable, or they're becoming less enjoyable. Yeah, and more right. Impressive. And yeah. I think that's just a, a, this plague that engineers get and companies get. You know, when you chase marketing numbers and stats and and vying for kind of the dominant position, mm-hmm. uh, you can forget about why people actually drive these cars, and that's because they want to have fun. Yeah. Right. I think we've just reached such a performance level. It just pushes the joy factor and actually pushed it away, I think. Um, and I don't know when this started. I guess I, I just guess we've just reached a point where speed is very accessible. I think it's always been this way, you know, in terms of just this climbing, never-ending... Yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah. But I think because you and I are like... Progress. Right. Scare quotes. Progress. <laughs> and I think we're at, at the point now you know, in terms of maturity, if you can call it that, yeah. where we just realize, like, okay, this is no longer, you know, like, I, I've stopped caring. About yeah. A, like, a 50 horsepower increase, you know, from uh, 900 to 950, I just don't what, care anymore. What difference does it, like, yeah. that's not something we can think about rationally and be like, oh, yeah, I can, I can, I can sense what that would, be. like, that means nothing. It's yeah. absolutely nothing for average though and probably to people who can access that kind of power. It still means nothing. Exactly. So, um, so, Blah, 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 whatever. Sign of the times? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm glad that there's a, that Ferrari are doing a smaller mid-engine. It's mid-engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's probably so going share the platform. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's a 570S or whatever the replacement for the 570S yeah. is called. Uh, that, a competitor for that, which I'm, I'm, I'm glad about because, uh, you know, like back in the early noughties, the 360 and the 355, uh, well, that's 90s technically, but... They were like sub four hundred horsepower cars, uh, and they were like the baby Ferraris, uh, and that's kind of how, not. I guess they weren't marketed like that, but that's how they were thought of, and that was a big distance between them and the flagship models, and now the difference between the F eight Tributo and the SF ninety is so it's minimal. Like I know it's like what two hundred horsepower, but when. Right. 200 in a bit in yeah. a bit it's, it's um, like, I think it's less than 300 horsepower yeah uh, but when you're getting to 700 horsepower what does yeah what does it matter right so like the difference between the 360 uh, Challenge Stradale and the Enzo uh, it's it's 200 horsepower but it's in that bandwidth that is actually you can feel the difference you can register it. you can register exactly yeah. Um. so uh. yeah I mean blah I'm just happy that like there's actually a uh a baby scarecrow. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll still have over 600 horsepower. Yeah. It's really, um, yeah. I mean, you know, you're a V6 fan. I'm not. I like them. That's I, fine. I, I, I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a cultist for <laughs> V6. Yeah. I do enjoy them. I think they sound great. But if um, you want to look at, you know, designing a car for pure excitement, somebody hands an eight-year-old, you know, a blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. They say, make a spec sheet for the ultimate Ferrari. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't choose a V6. No. No, it would be a it would be a V twelve or a V eight. It'd probably be a V twelve. Yeah. Which is also why the SF ninety really does not speak to me. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like since <laughs> one is, is you know, Ferrari's flagship vehicles have always been twelve cylinder cars. Yeah. And that was kind of one of the this is actually one of the things that Enzo was really adamant about. Enzo mm-hmm. was, was a V twelve guy, Enzo Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um but we're starting to see this, you know, with, with the emissions regulations changing, everyone's dropping cylinders mm-hmm. uh, because that's the easiest way to make a smaller engine when i think you know the most exciting solution would be to design a new engine around the same cylinder count just mm-hmm. use smaller cylinders 
Yeah. Um, and it'd be more expensive and less efficient and blah, blah, blah. But you're not yeah. building these cars to be the last word in efficiency. You're building them to be exciting. No. Yeah. But then EU regulations on, like, uh, new cars. I don't know if that's having, having anything to do with the, the engine. I mean, it must do. But then you think, like, with how limited production these cars are going to be, does it even matter that much when the flagship... If it's going to be sold, yeah, it's going to be like a serious production, but it's not going to be sold in like the thousands, is it? It's not going to be the new Fiat 500 on the road. So like, anyway. but I guess it's an average like thing that they have to work with. Yeah. Um, and just quickly, a quick bit of news I want to talk about is uh, uh, how Renault are gleefully sabotaging their performance range and killing it. Um, uh, with with ha- with joy and happiness. Oh, I'm so angry about this. <laughs> so the uh, Megane uh, Renault Sport has just got like a, a midlife refresh, mm-hmm. and Renault thought, hey, you know what users, you know what buyers don't need, uh, and that's choice. So they're getting rid of manual gearbox as an option. Wow. So it's just the seven speed. I think it's a DSG. How much horsepower does that car have? Three hundred. Three hundred horsepower. Uh, and it, so it's, it, it's, it has competitors that have more power. Um, so you kind of assume that if it, the trade-off would be that maybe it'd be a bit more evolving because for a front-wheel drive car, more power is more complicated to kind of manage. And its competitors also have the option for a manual gearbox. Yes. Uh, like the Mini JCW. Uh, oh, no, that doesn't have manual. That has a DSG as well. Which is really? Nice. But the Honda Civic Type R has, I think, more power. Okay. And has a manual gearbox, and I mean, it looks ridiculous, but it drives cool. Um, but and also, like, what really, really pissed me off uh, was that the trophy, you know, the, the crazy expense of McGann was like seventy grand, which I loved. I thought that was so ballsy, and just like they had the goal, I mean, they took it, the, the audacity. Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, <laughs> charge seventy grand for a fucking hot hatch, <laughs> which doesn't have back seats. I love it. Um, so they took away the rear steering, which was like something that like everyone had a problem with because it just it's weird in a front wheel drive car that already has a short wheelbase to have yeah I'm surprised they even put it in to begin with it was really weird and they just didn't develop it properly basically Um, yeah and like it was an agile car by itself proven by the the trophy which showed it had a great chassis Um, so you can't remove you can't option out of that and then you also can't option you have to have an auto box so yeah, it, I mean, there are, like, lots of theories about this. Uh, there's no clear Renault Sport that hasn't been a new one for, like, five years or something. So they're just, I think they're just discontinuing that. But Alpine are on the rise. So I, I, I think they're probably just kind of shelving Renault Sport and then just moving all the production development team to Alpine and expanding their range to maybe include a front-wheel drive uh but I don't know. Well, uh, I don't know. It's a shame. It's a real shame because I'm such a fanboy of uh, Renault Sport. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, even the, the Megane, I think it is the best looking little hatch on the market. And it's just such a shame that it's not quite... And it's not even like it's... It, it, it has the bare bones of being really good. And then Renault, like, you have to have these things. And it's like, no, I don't want them. <laughs> like, these electronic assists and, like, complicated shit that, you know. So, that's a shame. And that's my brand. So that's not exactly news. It's more like an opportunity for me to bitch about, bitch and moan about Renault, who are one of my favorite. Well, I can sprinkle companies. some news on top of it. Oh, please do. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's a great example of 
Renault trying to move them to their position in the marketplace. Mm. Um, it's definitely not a position that either of us like. You know, nope. Seeing someone <laughs> dropping their like iconic sports line with history attached to it. Iconic, like genre defining. Yeah. Oh god, it's so upsetting. But on the other hand, you know, is it someone who's a huge fan of the Alpine brand? Mm, um, yes. The classic Alpine A110, the original, was a godsend. Yes. And dominated rally until yes. the uh, Lancia Stratos came out. Yes. And the new Alpine A110 is also amazing, and that's yeah. been compared to the Cayman, the BMW M2, Lotuses, like the best yeah. drivers' cars, yeah. and it's always been like as good, yeah, if not better. Yeah, it, I think, like this, it, yeah, the sports car category is filled with cars, but it seems like there's a, a genuine like battle that is splitting hairs when it comes to choosing between like this M2, I think CS competition. Yeah. Yeah. Or the yeah, M2 is going out of production. Yes. The CS is kind so of a swan, swan song. song. Yeah. yeah, so that, the Cayman GT4 and the Alpine A110S are like, you know, three and, uh, was it, two, six and two threes? That's the word. That's the phrase. Like, they're all just so good at what they do that you can't go wrong with any of them. So, yeah. I mean, I'm happy for the revival of the Alpine, but I'm just, Alpine haven't traditionally done front wheel drive cars. So. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see how much of Renault's platforms yeah. Alpine makes use of, if any. Because yeah. the A110 is a totally custom car. It's completely new. Yeah. yeah. Which is great, because I'm sick of recycled parts and cars. Right. Uh, I'm not sure about the engine. I think that might be a... I can't remember if that's a Megane engine or it, not. Yeah, it's, it's a common sure engine. It is. Shared engine and gearbox. And oh, no, that's fine. I can deal with that. Because uh, four pots aren't that special anyway. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Nice. Yeah, so the other thing I was going to say is that Alpine is also, you know, increasing their brand presence while mm -hmm. Renault Sport shrinks theirs. Yeah. Um, including even, you know, a, renaming a lot of Renault's race teams to Alpine, like yeah, the F1, F1 team. team. Yeah. Um, so that will be huge. Yeah. And, there, you know, there's no way they're going to go through all that trouble just to make one Alpine model. No. So they've clearly got an expansion plan in place. Can you imagine... If the next car they brought out was a sports SUV, I would probably shoot myself. <laughs> like, can you imagine? I, I could imagine. I would throw yeah. myself out of this building. I could easily see that happen. We're on the third floor. I would throw you myself want me to open out. the window for you? Yeah, please. Okay. I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm quite tall, though. I could probably just step out and be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Renault, who we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, with our next section. <sighs> Okay, welcome to our first section, uh, a discussion item. Um, we thought for our first episode that we should probably talk about uh, the cars we have and the cars we would like <laughs> in the ideal world, but likely we'll never have. <laughs> um, so, I wouldn't say that. Well, okay, never say never. We're going to have them. You know I'm going to have them. You know what Justin Bieber said? Never say never? Never say never. I knew it. He's, I know it. Do wow. you know he's such a poet? What? I know, right? He's like... Michelangelo. Oh, fuck me. I wish I was... And he owns a Lambo, so... He, he also has him. a lot of nice cars. He does. He does. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm going to start off this, because I have a much more disappointing collection of cars. Right. As in, as in one car. As in, not a car I wanted, but the car I had to buy, because, um, out of necessity, because I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, however... I do, uh, though I say that I do love my car so much. So I've got a uh, 2000, well, 53 Reg. Who knows? It could have been. Nobody outside of England knows what that means. Oh, you're right. So 53 Reg means that my car was built between uh, the 1st of September 2003 and the 31st of March 2004. 
So I don't want to, you know, be presumptuous and give it a date of birth. Well, it says on the VIN plate. Oh, I could look that up. You could, I? yeah. That's you, a critical thing. So the problem with the plates here is that Spencer. people judge the car's age off the plate. And you've got a six-month window, right? Yeah. That's just useless. All right, calm down. Fuck me. All right. Jesus. So, so I've got <laughs> a... Let me finish my fucking sentence. So uh, I currently have a Renault Clio 1.2 in extreme trim, which means I have, like, bucket-esque seats... <laughs> is that how they're described? That's how I describe it. <laughs> um, and actually, do you know what? They are so comfortable. And, and they, they actually they fucking hug me. The they're name not... is Extreme Trim? Yeah, you'll see it on the side of my car. It wow. says Extreme Trim. Um, and it's red. And you can imagine what a red car with Extreme on the side did to my insurance quote. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Um, when I first got it. Now it's not like... I'm not going to say exactly how much, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's affordable now. So that's my car. Her name is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RIP. Yeah. Oh, God. So, like, the reason I named her after Ruth Bader Ginsburg was because she's small, but she's mighty. Yeah. And she's been with me all over Britain. So that's I, beautiful. When I lived in Leicester, when I lived in Glasgow, here, Surrey, she's been with me pretty much everywhere in the UK. Like, genuinely. I've driven the whole of the M1, the whole of the M6, the whole of the M40, like, big roads, the whole of the M25, yeah, she's just, like, she's my sidekick. Okay. Um, and again, people outside of the UK have no idea what these roads are, but oh, they're basically they're big, highways that span yeah. Britain. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To say. They're the big, so I just named the biggest roads, or the busiest and biggest roads in the UK. Like a boss. Like a, because I'm just good at my, I'm just good at life. <laughs> oh, I didn't name the M6, did I? I don't know. Oh, who knows. Anyway, I love my car. Um, if I had all the money in the world, would I have her? No, of course not, because, you know, but I love city cars, and I love small cars. I'm saving up for a 182, though. <laughs> so I can crash it. <laughs> so, all right, you go on. Talk about your fucking nice cars. All right, so I got a Lamborghini at home. And oh, three God. Do you mean a Lamborghini? <laughs> yes, that was all horse shit. Um, in England, my daily driver and my only car here is a beautiful 2005 black-on-black smart roadster coupe, which yeah. is the... You can't really. I don't know if you could call it cool looking. Like I think. I no. I think yeah. it, it's quirky for sure. Yeah, it's quirky. It's like um, it's like uh, unoffensively cool. I would and describe. And quirky it. can be bitchy if you say it in a, in, a, in a certain way. But I think it's genuinely like a quite a cool. Um, it's cool. Car. Yeah, it's um, tiny. And I saw a yellow one the other day. Did you like it? On uh, Headington Road. Did it have the black or the white? Um, the black or the silver side sills? Uh, black. And okay. then it had an aftermarket spoiler on, but no Whoa. other, no other aftermarket anything. But and still, it was one of those stupid like spoilers, like from Fast and Furious. No, was, like, that's not You good. chose to invest in that over wheels, over yeah. lowering the car because it looked really hard compared to yours. See, the guy I bought my car from actually had a Lamborghini. And, like, that, that a couple Audis, a couple hot rods. And he had, like, a, a, a legit car collection. Yeah. And I asked him, like, you know, like, this is cool, but why did you buy this car? You have a Gallardo sitting here. And he just said, like, oh, you know, I, I, when I was younger and this car came out, I didn't have the money to buy one, but I always wanted one. And so now that I can afford one, I just decided to buy it. And cool. what do you know? It turns out he likes the car, but not as much as his Lamborghini Gallardo, so he decided to sell it. Queso, please. Yeah. <laughs> Very surprising indeed. Yeah. <laughs> so I got that from him, and um, it's dope. Uh, I have a rule that I don't buy any cars in the UK that I would be able to find in the US, um, where I'm from, mm. and that makes my, my overall car collection experience a lot more exciting. Yeah. So Smart Roadster was never imported to the US, 
and it's a beautiful, quirky, 800-kilogram, 50 miles per gallon, triple three turbo. Triple three, get it? Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> it's just an awesome little car. It weighs less than my car, which is kind of, I mean, that's not that surprising. I like to rub that in your face. Uh, it, yeah. It weighs less <laughs> than a modern F1 car. Well, that's not surprising. It's just depressing. It is your size, yeah. which is less than. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, looking at the proportions of it, and, like, I knew there were small cars, but when I got in it, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, yet, this is small. It's very small, but two trunks, one in the front, one yeah, in the back. It's got a frunk. I can fit so much stuff in it, and I feel like I genuinely own, like, a, quote, exotic car, because it's, like, mm-hmm. mid-engine. It makes the greatest sounds with the it does make a great stuff. Sound. Yeah. And yeah. It makes a really chaffy sound. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then um in California I have a nineteen eighty nine BMW 535i <sighs> with a five speed manual. I actually hate you for that. It's bright red. It's, it's gorgeous. It is like and it's really irritating because I cannot criticize it. It's it it's is perfect. so beautiful. Yeah. That was it's my first the right car. Wheels, the right the red is just perfect. It just, I know the actual birthday for that car. When it rolled off the assembly line in what was then Western Germany. September 27th, 1988. So it just celebrated its 32nd birthday. You know the full date and everything. I really should look this up for my car so I can actually celebrate its birthday and post on social media about it. Exactly. Yeah. Do you do a car some names? Yeah. They're not very um, creative. The BMW is, is big and red. Oh, it's not big by modern standards, but it's still named Big Red. And the smart car um, was named by the previous owner, um, not the Lambo guy, the old lady before that, and she called it the Batmobile. So in her honor, I have retained the name Batmobile. You're right. That's not creative. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would call your car the Red Baron. Yeah, that has a negative connotation. No, it doesn't. It's, it's a very cool connotation. It's legendary. It's a legendary car. Yeah. Like, yes. that is... An, I know the M5 is like pretty much unattainable. The M5 of that, what's model E34. Yeah, the E34 M5 is probably my favorite of any any M5. And that's unattainable, but like that's such, such a cool car. They're not even unattainable, man. I mean, it's the one you want, but the one that's like yeah, like the the M5 after. I think that's the one that people most commonly get because the E39. Yeah, because with the five liter V8. Yeah, because it's less complicated than the one that came after it, which has a V10 and the, you know the gearbox and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a sweet spot. It's still sure. twenty. It's still twenty grand for the E39. It's a lot. I didn't show you this. I found a. I was on Auto Trader window you, shopping. You blocked me on WhatsApp, so you didn't show me anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna block you in real life. <laughs> Oh on Auto Trader, there were a black E34 M5. Yeah. That's the you know my generation with the 3.8 liter straight six. Mm. There was a black E39 Oof. M5 with the five liter V8. Uh-huh. And there was a black E60 M5 with the five liter V10. Yeah, that's a And these cars were all within three thousand pounds of each Shut other. Shut your fucking mouth. Price. Yeah. What was the mileage? Uh, you know, it varied. So Ooh, yeah, E34, course. I think, was slightly lower. Okay. Um, but really? They're, yeah, they're all, like, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. 50-ish thousand miles around that. Like, Yeah, it's just, like, the old future classics. Yeah, exactly. I, li- I, I like them all. Um, like, the E60, I mean, the, the absolute balls to put a fucking racing V10 in a saloon. That's the coolest. Yes, and E60, 
UK got the touring model, mm. so the E60 oh, My favorite thing in the world. <laughs> but it never came with a six-speed manual. Yeah. SMG that, only. That does suck. America got the M5 sedan only, but with a manual transmission. What the actual fuck? Yeah. Like, no American... Okay, I met one... When I lived in the States, I met one American who had a stick shift. No, no, no. That was due to customer demand. Are you kidding no. me? I suppose the average Joe doesn't care about that, but maybe the M5 the, 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 the BMW owners yeah, are they, kind of insane. Yeah, if no, you they, they really care. You're fully insane. Um, yeah, oh, psycho. Oh god, you give me eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these, those are the cars we've got. Yeah. And now we challenged ourselves oh. with the most awful challenge. Actually, I thought it would be fun, but this it is was, like any car enthusiast's worst it was torture. Yeah. So we 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 uh, challenged. Well, I rather challenged both of us to come up with the five car dream garage. Um, we both have our, had our own parameters for this in terms of like selecting the car, but we said no cars like there are special one off editions where like a race car is turned into a road car. We don't allow that because theoretically anything could be changed into a road car. So. Uh, we're gonna have, we might have a separate episode for race cars, but we'll see. Um, and so it's, it's a top five dream cars, and then five honourable mentions because we had a long list of cars before we could actually scale it down. Yeah. And um, because I want to mention the other five cars, cause okay, because like, they're dear to me. Um, I need to add the other couple of rules we came up with. Yes, go for the, it. the main one. So so no race cars. Yep. Um, even road legal conversions. Yes. No one offs. Yep. And no reproduction vehicles. Yes. Yep. Which, again, like, wiped out half of my life. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be. I, yeah. would. I was trying to help you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, do you want to talk about your honourable... Your honourable... Yeah, honourable mentions. Yeah, I can talk. <laughs> do you want to start with those or do you want to start with the, the actual garage? Um, no, let's start with the honourable mentions because we'll okay. get through them. And then it'll be, I'm, I'm, it's going to be quite fun guessing what you put on your list. Okay, and, that's fair. I know I can like take This will give it away. You'll see my honorable mentions. You'll know that they're not on my actual list. Well, exactly. It'll all right, all right. easier. Okay, and, that's and great. I want, you to, I want to prove that I know you really well. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right, honorable mentions. In, in no particular order. Mm-hmm. Number one, Bugatti Chiron Supersport 300 Plus. Surprise. Oh, that's that, actually surprising. That long tail version that broke the world record. That looks fugly at the back, for sure. I think it looks uh, amazing. Okay, move on. <laughs> I, I thought, the, honestly, the reason I picked that one is because I thought the standard Veyron, the rear end of the standard Veyron is the only part of the car that I'm not like a huge fan of design-wise. I kind of understand that, but I still think it's very elegant. And I think you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, number two, Mercedes CLK GTR. This is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... Oh, I, oh, I can't believe that's in the honorary. I know. I, I w- this was oh, like painful. I was going to guess that for you, mate. Yeah. Dude, that's It's, it's always been in my main list. But you, savage. the idiot that you are, decided it could only be five cars hey, in our garage. Rules. So it's an honorable mentions. Number three. Damn. Maserati A6 GCS Berlinetta. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is also really tragic because that is a beautiful again. Thing. Your fault. I mean, it, anarchy. There got to be some mm-hmm. rules. Otherwise... I, I should specify. Um, that was when Maserati had the A6 series cars, and they were being bodied by Berlin. Uh, mm. It's not Berlin. They're being bodied by Zagato yep. and Pininfarina. Yeah, the Pininfarina one is the one on my list. Yeah, beautiful, yep. absolutely stunning. Okay, number four. Okay, the Wiesmann GT. MF5, the one with the BMW V10. 
Right, I was going to say, because they made the later version with the V8 twin right. turbo, which was cool, because that is a cool engine, but only for the turbochargers. Good. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, fuck, that is. That is... Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep yeah. going, because right. that's so cool. Right. And oh, number man. five, uh -huh. I hope you don't know what this is. Have you ever heard of a Becker jet van? No, I haven't. Perfect. Shit. Damn it. I'm going to show you right now on my computer. Is it got a turbine engine? So you can see what it is. Because I know there's a bike that has a turbine engine, and that's just crazy. You think this is a, say it again, a bike? There's a, there's a bike, there's a turbine engine. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but um, it was in Project Gotham Racing 4. Shout out to anyone who played Project Gotham Racing <laughs> 4, because that was the, still the best. Right. Describe to the audience what you're looking at. I'm looking at an ice cream truck, a British ice cream truck. Uh, it's very luxurious. It looks like a plane. Exactly. That's why. It's a Mercedes Sprinter van, customized by this company called Becker, and the interior is like straight out of a private jet. That is, um, yeah, I don't love excess, uh, so I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I love to be in one, hate to own one. But you're, you're not going to drive this. No. So this is the thing. I was thinking like, okay, if I'm right. driving myself, right. Right. I want to drive a car that's fun you to You never drive. drive this. Yeah, exactly. If I'm taking people with me, I want to chill out. I mean, this would be a great party bus. Yeah. And if you're taking people with you, why limit yourself to having only one passenger in the back of your Maybach when you can have five passengers in your Becker jet van? Yeah. But, okay. And plus, it's just like a, a plain black Sprinter van on the outside. Yeah, it kind of looks like a, like a pedo van on the back on the outside. <laughs> right, let's, uh, not, let's not go there. All right. So that's your, that's your top five. No, those are the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Sorry, that's honorable mentions. It's cool. very complicated. Again, we're, we're gonna it's, talk... it's James's fault that it's so complicated. You can just suck my dick. <laughs> we're going to talk more in detail about why we chose the cars we chose for the top five. All right. Um, so my top, my honorable mentions list. Yes. What are they? So this was this first one was really fun. was oh, I broke my heart, but it's the Corvette C six LR one. Would not my at all have imagined you to pick that. Heart. Okay. I love muscle cars. That's the one that Jeremy Clarkson used in the Top Gear America trip. Yes, yep. and he loved it. Yep. Um, and I, yeah, I just love that car so much. I think it's the best looking Corvette. Um, I think it's the apex of like, like it, 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 it was at the point when highest performance was actually accessible. Yeah. Because the next head I want sucked. Yeah. Um, the C7. Um, so I think it's beautiful. Anyway, right. Uh, next. 73 Alpine A110 1600. Oh, I'm so glad you put that in there. Dude, same. Yeah. Beautiful car. Would you fit Stunning. in that car? I don't think I would. Okay. I would fit in a Mini. You could watch me drive it. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I'll just get like one with the bubble roof because I think they actually had some for Rally. Okay. I'm not sure of it. Okay, next. This hurts. McLaren F1. Whoa, man. And what I, ha what I replaced this with was... Uh, I... I had the Mercedes McLaren SLR Roadster before, mm -hmm. and then I read Mercedes McLaren, and I was like, how yeah. do I have the SLR over the F1? That's, That's impossible. a very good substitution. I'm yes. surprised that the F1 was not on my list, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I thought of it later, yeah. somehow. Don't yeah. know how. Okay. This is, so this is the thing, like, 
we can't think of every single car because we are car nuts and we think of every car. Every car, there's a lot of cars we love. There's thousands of yeah. cars that I probably like. Wow, that's awesome. So and it's we did so agree, subjective. We agreed this list would probably change on a daily basis. Yes, anyways. it would be. Uh, and the next one is a '65 Alfa Giulia Sprint GTA Stradale. Bellissima. The the most perfect looking of the GTA. Uh, very like it's it's like the early one with the yeah uh, double headlights, not the qu- the quad uh, headlights. One of the most stunning. beautiful three box sedans ever made. Yeah, stunning. Um, I've seen a lot of them racing at Goodwood because I'm fancy. Um, and then <laughs> my last one is the Aston Martin Vanquish S manual. So this was the uh the very last of the first generation Vanquish. They right. they had a limited. Uh, production run of manual variants uh, because the single clutch gearbox was so shit and it basically ruined the car. Um, so that's what I would do and I'd have it in red. Whoa. So like fucking bright red? <laughs> no, red like my Clio. <laughs> um, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's my honorable mentions list and that was hard. The McLaren F1 especially. Like oh, yeah. it was. Oof, it was a real tussle. Um, you know what surprised me about that list? Mm-hmm. Is that you being, what I, I classify you primarily as like a hot hatch slash underdog guy. Yes. Yeah? Yes. In terms of cars. Absolutely. That is absolutely my, my, my brand. <laughs> I, like, if, if I saw that list, the two would not at all connect in my head. Well, I think, I think it would. Not the McLaren F1, because that is like, it's just widely acknowledged as the precipice of supercars. And always will be, I think. I don't think anything's going to take its crown. Um, but Corvette ZR1 is a muscle car. I mean, muscle cars are inherently underdogs. I know it's a, it's based on a sports car kind of genre, but really, like, it's a modern muscle car. And they're always going to be, especially in Europe. In America, maybe not so much, but in Europe, they're very much underdogs. The Alpine, it's, it is legendary, but it's not as legendary as like the Stratos, for example, which overtook it. Like, and that's the kind of thing with rally. It's been like the 87. I think that is the best rally car ever. Yeah, I'd rather have the Alpine too, though. Right, I'd have, rather have the Alpine, um, but it was also overshadowed by something else. So that's why I was like, oh, the Alpine was just, and it's also stunning. It is the most, it's I gorgeous. think it's the most gorgeous rally car. I might need to think about that a bit more, but I, uh, right now I think it's the most gorgeous rally car. Um, what else was on my list? Um, oh yeah, the Julia. I don't. That's not particularly an underdog thing, but maybe Alpha. I think maybe they're naturally just underdogs because everyone thinks they're kind of useless. <laughs> now um, they do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, today's yeah. age. And then the Aston Martin Vanquish S, because uh, the five seven five and the five fifty uh, were so much better. Yeah. And I mean, Mine. they're fantastic, gorgeous cars, but just the Aston is the most gorgeous. I think. I is th- it the best looking Aston ever? Wow. Best model. We can't model. get into that now. Okay. It's the best, uh, best looking Aston that came under the wing of Doctor, Doctor whatever his face was. The guy, the CEO of Aston at the time, it was Doctor Bez, and yeah. he and he was there a while. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's best Aston that came out of his world. All right, shall we move on to the the actual five yeah. car garage? Yeah, let's take it in turns. Um, okay. I'm gonna guess though. We, we'll take, we'll guess. So I'm gonna guess right. one of your list. Okay. So there's obviously gonna be a Porsche 911. Yeah. Which one is That's the question. Which one? Because so if you had good yeah. taste, you'd probably put the nine 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 seven point two four point oh. Four no, I would. Four liter. No, I would. Would you not? No, oh, you are the worst. So I don't the, like. So I don't like nine elevens with wings on them. It's the R. No, it's not the R. Is it the Speedster? No, it's very close to the R. Uh, Sport Classic. 
No, no, it's it's like <laughs> it's what I would consider a more every it's it's the everyday version of the R. That says nothing. GT three touring. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Doi. All right. Okay. okay. So that explain yourself in my five car garage. <laughs> my five car garage. It was between the GT three touring and the Turbo S as the everyday car. Oh yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, that's fair. Typically, I've always, I've always gone for the Turbo S. But, like, the new Turbo S is so stupid fast that... So not bothered you, by it. Again, you know, like, what a lot of journalists are starting to say is once cars reach a certain point of, like, holy shit fast... Yeah. You don't have enough time to appreciate it. You no, just, no. It just happens. I know. Well, Jason Kamisa uh, from The Commercial Show, we're big fans. Um, he... There's an episode, I can't remember which episode it is now, but he said, like, the most... I, the ideal speed for a car is a car that can do not 60, I think it was in five seconds. That's the ideal speed. And I 100% stand by that. Yeah. 100%. It's something that until you drive a lot of cars, mm-hmm. you don't have any reference point for. Yeah. Right? Because if Completely. you're just a kid looking at papers, yeah. oh, the quickest one's the best. Always. Yeah. I think my is fast. And it's yeah. not. It's got 70 horsepower. Yeah, I, think, I think my Roadster's fast. It feels it's got fast. 100 horsepower. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's, you know, 0 to 60 and probably like 8 something. Yeah, my car's probably 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the GT3 Touring is my everyday car, and yeah. I also, to me, that's one of the greatest engines ever made, mm-hmm. and the 911 sure. has been one of my favorite which cars model? ever made. Of the GT3 Touring? Which, which 911 model? Is it the 992 or I, I, I like to go for the newest always. Do you? Yeah, because for I me... I like the 991 a lot, actually. I love the 991, and yeah. for me, the 99, or sorry, the, the 911 series in general is one where I act, genuinely feel like it's improved every generation. I can't say it for any other car. Ooh. I know. Very controversial. Yeah, but honestly... Especially with the steering rack. The new, the new ones? The new e-pass system is amazing. Yeah, apparently it's pretty good. Everyone says the new electric power system. Or for an electric power, uh, power system, yeah. steering rack apparently is pretty good. I mean, I've driven a 991.2 and I've driven yeah. a 992 Carrera S. Yeah. And they're unbelievable. Okay. Like for an everyday... On the Autobahn, I might add. Okay. I can feel the jealousy. No, I, I don't like Porsche. Oh, well, no, right. no, 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 hold on, hold on. I don't not like Porsche. I'm just not crazy about it. Like, I don't gush over them, so... I'm not that jealous. Dummy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> do you want to guess something from my list? I'm sure you'll get at least one. I will, but i got to go through the rest of mine first. No, no, we're going to do it. Oh, we are? Yeah, we are. Oh. So, I guess. You guess. All you right. Guess. Okay, let me, uh, let me have a think-see. I think one of them has to be... From Renault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Which one? Is, do you have the... Oh, no, that would have been a one-off. You can't have that. Okay. Do you have a version of a Clio on your phone? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. I don't know which one it is because I'm not a big Clio guy. But I know you have a hot Clio. I do. It's a, what is it? RS? Trophy? No. Uh, Clio Baguette? Clio... It's the croissant, yeah. <laughs> the Clio croissant? <laughs> yeah, it's the Clio patisserie. Um, no, so it was a tussle between the 182 Trophy, which is the very special edition uh, variant of my car, which is like uh, legendary. But then I thought, there's something that's more legendary, which is the Clio Williams, of course. So, why were you giving me that face? Because I don't know what this is. It's the model car I have. The, it's, it's, oh my god, okay. So, um, so technically the Renault 5 uh, GT was the first of like the Renault hot hatches to be like 
but it, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was the first. It was the first genre defining kind of car. Um, but really, they cemented their uh, credentials for this with the Clear Williams, and okay. it was called the Williams because Renault and Williams had a partnership in F one at the time. Oh. Um, so that's why it was blue. Every single model was blue with gold wheels. That's which, awesome. Which is also hilarious because Subaru obviously did exactly the same <laughs> In thing. the same time frame? About the same time, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so this was a Mark 1 Clio. Okay. Uh, for people who don't know this. Um, it had about 170 horsepower, which is a lot for the time, and considering it weighed fuck all. Yeah. Precisely fuck all. Like, less than zero. Um, and so I chose this because I have to have a hot hatch. Um, because I just love them so much. I think, like, I love the idea of getting the most out of not a lot. Okay. Uh, that's a great idea in my mind. Also, it's probably one of the best driving experiences ever. Um, so it was a tussle between this, the 182 Trophy, and the 205 GTI. Oh, which is, is, yeah. Which is, uh, which was its competitor at the time. Um, but because I have a little model car of this, and because I've looked for one on Autotrader like for at least like six years now okay uh, I had to choose it so um so yeah that's my that's the most sensible one I think of, of, my, of my cars I'm pretty jealous of you why because for one thing you have a base model effectively of your dream car uh, and number two because you have an affordable car yeah. on your top five list. oh that's the only one that's the only well one of them might be slightly more affordable yeah the others are okay. unattainably expensive yeah. fair <laughs> right uh, next one for you, MC12, Maserati. It was on there, but <gasps> again, when you cut it down to five, I had to take it It didn't off. even make the honorable... When you didn't mention no. it on the honorable mentions, I was like, it's got to be on the final I know. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. CLK okay. GTR and MC12 are two of my favorite cars ever. Fuck. But I tried to... I, I realized, like, I, I didn't want to have just one copy of the same car from different yeah. companies, you know? Yeah. So I decided CLK GTR over MC12. Oh, shit, dude. Sue me. I mean, I might. I've got, I've got lawyers. <laughs> All right, so you guessed the you guessed the the, the, Porsche. the Porsche GT3. Yeah, name Porsche name, name something. Yeah, because like, I didn't get that right. All right, um, so I'll just so my number one favorite car ever. Okay. Do you have any idea what this is? Carrera GT. No. Are we friends? Oh, fuck me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just have vibe. Right, well, well, since you said Carrera GT. That is number three on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, what's, your, what's your favorite car ever? Yeah. I mean, I would have said the 907, but of course it's a freaking race car, so it couldn't have been that. Really? Is it a Porsche? No. Is it German? No. Is it Italian? Yep. Is it a Ferrari? No. What is it? Pagani. Oh, fuck me, you're duh. right. Yeah, duh. Duh, 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 duh. The, um, is it the Cinque? No, so I, I wanted... A, a, a Zonda. Why a Rosa? It's not the Zonda. <gasps> Gasp. I would, have, a, a I would have... I need both of them in reality. I'm finding out a lot about you. Yeah, you this, are. See, this is great, because everyone's learning a lot about us, and I'm learning a lot about <laughs> we're, you. We're not going to be friends We're not. This. Well, we weren't actually... Okay, to clarify, we're not actually friends in real life. Yeah, we're just true. doing this out of uh, convenience. And we're paid handsomely. Oh, a lot. Oh, a lot. <laughs> More than my only fans. Um, <laughs> A lot more than his own yeah. fans. <laughs> uh, Pagani's always been my favorite car since yeah. since it came out, right? So yeah. the Zonda was the first one, yeah. and I fell in love with the Zonda. Yeah. And pretty much every version of the Zonda, except for the 
the last ones. Like I, I never wanted a, a paddle shift Zonda. No, yeah, that's fair. So like the the Cinque Roadster, I the, think that was only paddle shift. Yeah, which is a shame. all the Cinques were paddle only. Were they all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the F wasn't right. The F was manual only. Oh my god, that's one I go for. So the Zonda F is like the perfect Zonda for yeah. me, and that's the Zonda that Horacio Pagani owns. That go. tells you all you need to know. There you go. But when it got replaced um, by the Wyra in, I don't remember when it was. Uh, 2012. 2011, 2012. Something like yeah. that. Early 2020s, yeah. yeah. Um, in my head, I was like, okay, this is going to be better than the Zonda. And then Pagani goes, this it's is not, not the, Zonda. the Zonda. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, what a diva move. I yeah. fell out. Well, they kind of had to because everyone thought they, the Zonda they, was perfect. You know, yeah. you can't improve on that. And, so yeah. the Wyra, their their spiel for the Wyra was, this is like the god of wind. This is a totally new experience. It's, um, you know, it had this twin turbo V12 engine from Mercedes AMG. And it was just a, a, a different type of driving experience. Yes. It was paddle shift only. Yeah. Um, it had this like bizarre X-Track 7-speed semi-automated, or is a single clutch. Yes, you know, it and it had this like jewel-like gear lever in the middle. Yes, it's a exactly. shifter and the yeah. It did have both. Yeah, had both. And also like the Zonda obviously was also an AMG motor, but this is like of the more modern. Right, the Zonda was based on the to geek out for a second. It was a seven point three liter. Yeah. Um, based on the M one twenty Mercedes AMG V twelve. Right. Um, so that was originally a six liter. Yes. Pagani used it as a six liter in the Zonda S, and over yes. time it grew to seven point three. Yes. Um, the Wyra is a brand new engine, totally separate. Um, I think it's called the M158. It was a six liter twin turbo, mm. super tiny turbos to get that fast response. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, like most people were expecting this pure driving experience and the Wyra is not that, but it's a different, it's different, and which is so awesome. Yeah. Like at first I was a bit like, Ooh. Ooh, this is this is um, not sure about this, but then as soon as ratio, because he he's like a philosopher, he needs to he needs to write books, man. Um, he does. The way he explained it, I yeah. was like, this makes perfect sense. You can't approve on perfection. Yeah. You have to rewrite it. Right. And do something new. Respect. Good choice. Yeah. So you know, I have always admired Pagani, specifically Horatio Pagani, mm. for this vision. Right. Yeah. Art and science can walk hand in hand together. Absolutely. That's what he always says. He always quotes Da Vinci as his kind of primary source of inspiration. <sighs> And I think that's just perfect for a hypercar, which I want to be equal parts art and technology. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. So the wire is exactly that. And the attention to detail is what makes my favorite car of all time. Yeah. Um, think about Pagani. Like, they are decadent, but not excessive. I'd say they're pretty fucking excessive. Uh, but, but even looking at it, it's not, not like, it's not like a Rolls Royce with their chrome hoods. Like, that's true. Or not chrome. Like it's, I think it's painted steel or something. It's not flash. It, it, it is flash and it's very, it's quite gaudy, but it's not, there's something very artful and elegant about it, yeah. even if it is excessive, which is, I just, not like Lamborghini these days, which is like, let's make this wheel arch not round at all. Let's have it as jagged angles. Like, do you remember the Reventon? Yes. And that's the other thing about, you yeah. know, the Pagani that I love is that there's almost no straight lines on that car. Yeah. It's like, everything's a flowing curve. Yeah. And it, that is super important to me, design wise. Yeah. So yeah. that was number one on my list. All right. If you right, you got to you got to uh, guess another one of mine now. Man, oh, dude, you know one of them. You absolutely know one of them. Um. Let's see. And then the other three you won't know. So. And, I'm, I'm guaranteed. All right. Um. Is there another French Crusader? No. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. I would. There is a German car. A German car. You won't get it. It's an old one. Yeah. Yeah. Eighties. 70s. No. Older? 50s. 
fifties. I'm not even gonna bother. Yeah, no, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal that. Right. But there is another Italian supercar on there. There's an Italian supercar on there. There is. It's a Ferrari. No, it's no. What? Of course, it's bloody no. It's a Lamborghini. Yes, of course it is. Twelve cylinder Lamborghini. Yes. Vintage. No. But future classic. Future classic. Yeah, this is kind of coming back to me. To talk come on. We've talked about this but, so much. But I think the gin might also be hitting it. <laughs> yeah, we're drinking gin, by the way. <laughs> Blackberry gin yeah. is delicious. <laughs> and as much as a fucking lightweight. <laughs> you can't remember cars. Come on, you know this. All right, you... Oh, do you hate me or something? Fun. Yes, I do. Fair. Yeah. Fair, you like the Fells family, so... <laughs> Your your Mike Pence is a uh, number one oh, fan. No, <laughs> do not go there. <laughs> oh, do not. Yeah, uh, we do not support him ever or any of the Republican administration no, on this no, podcast. No. <laughs> Come right, on, you know. pretend that never happened. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this is a. I'm gonna guess. Early twenty, like two thousand ten to two thousand twenty car. Is that fair? Not originally. Not originally. It's it's a version of of. Murcielago SV. Yes. Thank you. Fuck me. That's 2011. So, right. but, but the model starts. I remember that. Great. And yeah. okay, here's the important question for you, yeah. which will make me judge you even harder. Oh, fuck. Was it the one of six manual transmission cars? Of course. Okay, good. What the fuck? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the single clutch because it is a physical experience. Um, I think they took that too far with the Aventador by making it like horrible to use. Uh, uh, judging from like people, like the I just back breaking shit. Well, I saw like Carvalho. They did a. Um, a, a drag race between the um, the uh, the the SVJ, SVJ and the, the Turbo S yes. and the Ferrari F twelve no not F twelve A twelve A twelve fast. Yeah. and Matt Watson was like he was like being like thrown out the yeah. windshield with every gear shift <laughs> and he said it was great and I'm sure it would be but anyway yeah manual transmission um, I think that along with the Zonda F the much like SV is the best sounding V twelve ever made. Like those two, I can't. They're just screaming, like golden era of F one sounding engines. St- and I think the Machilago is, like, it's just this big bruiser, but it's also a fantastic car to drive. Yeah. Um, it's an underdog. I think it is because it's Lamborghini for one. The Machilago drivetrain. Oh well, when the Machilago first came out, and then the Zonda also came out, it got a bit, you know, got punched in the gut, basically. Mm-hmm. Even if the Zonda was twice the price, they were shooting for the same market and the Zonda fuck, fucked it up, basically. Yeah. I love the original Macho logo. I think it's stunning. Um, it but this is, like, the ultimate culmination of that engine, because it's the final Bizzarini V12. Right. That Lamborghini used before they changed the new one, which I don't care about. Well, I don't not care about it. Yeah, you I care can. less about it. Okay, that's fair. care less about it. Also, like, that engine's been used as Mura. It's just, you know, legendary. Um, I think it's still, it, it looks stunning. Um, and, yeah. And it is over the top with the styling. It's not particularly elegant. But it is, I don't know, I just love it so much. And it's it's a car that I kind of grew up loving. Like, there's that theory, like, you the cars you fantasise about are the ones that you grew up kind of fantasising about. So I was 17 when it came out and that. It's so true. It's, yeah. That is absolutely that kind of. The right age to be like, and, and that's so. I when I was deciding to what to put on the final list, it was between that and the ZR1, and I love the ZR1, but it's just not as special as that SV, which is just it's way better. It's it's 
the last great Lamborghini, I yeah. think. Um, maybe the Performante, actually. I, I do love that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, my second on my list. So, right. third on your list. Well, so you guessed my top three already, right? Oh, yeah, the Crow GT. Yeah, Crow yes. GT. Please talk about that, because I want to talk about it as well. <laughs> <laughs> that beach would shift up, yeah. bitch. I mean... That you don't... bitch would shift. <laughs> when the Crow GT came out, I uh-huh. thought it was incredible. Yeah. But now I think it's one of the greatest cars of all time. Oh, for sure. And it's I like think, McLaren F1 yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. I would, I would say this. And I personally, I'd rather have the Crow GT over an F1. Um, That's fair. Because for me, when did F1 come out? 92? 92 to 96, like, I think yes. it was made. So I was 0 to 4 years old when it came out. Yeah. So I wasn't like hugely... You weren't affected by wasn't it. quite up to date on my car yeah. knowledge then. But the Crow GT... Yeah, which is kind of like lazy of you. Yeah, right. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Try harder, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Porsche was the company that got me into cars. Yeah. And it started, you know, in third grade, whatever. I had a Porsche sticker on my desk. I had a Porsche hat. I had a Porsche water bottle. Oh. I, I loved them. God, I would hate to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I would have. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Crow GT, you know, was was totally different to the 911 mm-hmm. and it, a lot of people i think weren't quite expecting Porsche to make a car like that yeah um, for sure but it had this amazing engine i think mm-hmm. that's got to be the single best part of this car yeah right? that's an engine that One of them. it started out as a formula 1 powertrain uh, when Porsche was considering entering formula 1 Oh, shame they didn't. And then it got kind of, not quite demoted, but moved to a uh, Le Mans project. Mm-hmm. They make a Le Mans endurance racer out of it. Another P1 car? Yeah, I believe so. Oh! Yeah. <gasps> oh, during that era. With, yeah. Oh, anyway. And then that got scrapped, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we've got this unbelievable engine. We can't put it what are we going to do with it? Can't put it in a box, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's make a really big box. So, well, the funny thing <laughs> was, a lot of people went, hang on. Is this just a giant box straight? I mean, proportionately, it looks huge because I think just because it's low and wide, it looks massive, but it's not big. No, it's, it's tiny, but yeah. it's it's like, it's so, you know, it, you can't even begin to compare it to a Boxster other than they both no. have their engine in the middle, right? And the badge. Yeah. Um, I, I, everything about that car I love. It was like, it was one of the first cars to make such widespread use of carbon fiber mm. uh, structurally. Yeah. So the entire chassis is carbon fiber. It's got push rod suspension. Yes. It's got these unbelievable center locking wheels. Yes. That was like one of the first cars ever, road cars to debut oh. that. And yeah. they're anodized red on one side and blue on the other. Yes. It just looks amazing. What are the what are the brakes made of? Carbon ceramic. Um, yes, um, and I remember watching this Top Gear episode okay. where Jeremy Clarkson drives the Crow uh, GT. Yeah. And um, silicon carbide, I think, is what most of the gubbins of the car is made of. Um, like, the clutch is made of it or something. I could be totally wrong. I'm, this is all from memory. It, it has a, it has basically a race car clutch. So it yeah. has this yeah, yeah, yeah. super weird to use, um, it's a multi-plate clutch. Right. Most clutches are one plate and it's a big disc. Yeah. Porsche made, like, three or four, I think, I can't remember how many discs, but they're super small diameter. Yeah. And because the clutch is attached to the bottom of the engine, it kind of hangs out below the right. bottom of the engine. So by making a smaller diameter clutch, you can mount the engine lower. Yeah. That's why they did it. And the V10 is dry-sumped, and it just sounds mm-hmm. incredible. It's one of the it, greatest sounding cars of all time. Yeah, it's pretty sick sounding car. It's yeah. amazing. Um, I, uh, I grew up, uh, I, this is what I wondered, though. 
I find that a lot of supercars are defined by its rivals as well as as much as itself. So the Ferrari Enzo came out at the same time as Crow GT. Yeah. And they were very much rivals. Yes. Although the Enzo had more power, but you know, like in terms but of poster, so different, right? But so different. Yeah. Entirely different, but both motorsport, mm-hmm. like kind of projects almost. Um, and that's that's something we should probably talk about. Like yeah. the P1, the 918, and the LaFerrari, oh, they're all as defined, they're like defined by each other. Like, yeah. they would have made a, cra- a craze if they just came out by themselves with no competitors, but the fact they all came out at the same time and did very similar things, perf- like, t- uh, statistic-wise, not philosophy-wise, mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. I just love that kind of shit. I love when there's like a co- complete convergence of, we're going to make a really fucking fast car. But then they do it all completely different ways. It's amazing. It's my yeah. favorite thing in the world. Same thing happened with the Crow GT. The exactly. Enzo, maybe the, the C12S, but that's, I mean, it's not as powerful, but it's as good. Yeah. And but, I always felt like, you know, that that was one of, if not the last, you know, true analog supercar. Analog supercars, like that Evo video. Yeah. If you have, okay, anyone listening, if you haven't seen the Evo video of the analog supercars, Oh my god, stop this. Stop listening to us sh- talk about this <laughs> shit. Fucking watch that video. It's like, do something useful. Do something useful and worthwhile and watch, I think it's like 17 minutes of yeah. just going through the best supercars ever. And, uh, well, two or three, no, yeah, two of the cars we just talked about yeah. are on that list yeah. uh, because we have taste. And so do they. Um, so the next car I want you to guess, I'm going to give you a clue, it's also a V10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's also one of the best sounding engines ever. Okay. So if it's one of the best it's sounding... It's not a Viper. <laughs> no, it's not the Viper. It's a good yeah, sounding Viper. Yeah, it's not the Viper. It's like a fucking truck. I hope it's the Huracan Performante. It is not. Oh. It is not. It's, is, it's not any of the Lamborghini Viper. It is not. Interesting. Or Audis, obviously. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Oh, then it's gotta be the LFA. It is, good boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, the LFA is. Um, what first made me love it was the fact that Lexus were losing money with every single car they made. It cost more, and it was outrageously expensive at the time, and yet they still made it. If a company that, makes a Halo car that yep, loses them money, then it's gonna be gonna a be classic, fantastic right? car. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that that's reason number one why I like it because it's a terrible business model and they still made it. Mwah, 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 mwah. Love yeah. it, bellissimo. Um, second is a fucking engine. It is like it's cro- it, it it's Crow GT level of sound, and like it's a bespoke five point two liter naturally aspirated five hundred fifty two horsepower V ten. Oh, kill me! Just sounds amazing. Um, yeah. And then it's the way it looks and the fact that it's a Japanese supercar that actually is extremely exotic in its uh isn't it ethos. A, isn't a 4.8 liter it could be i think it is it might be it probably is Cray gt was it is yeah because it's it's that oh, you just fact check me in front of all these millions of That's people right. listening to us. <laughs> fuck no the fight yeah because the the lamborghini v10 is a 5.2 yes fuck right so it's a Point eight. Yeah. Yeah. The Yamaha. Yes. Tunes, right? Exactly. And Yamaha's done. A, uh, Yamaha is still doing work with Lexus. So the LC five hundred is Yamaha V eight. That's and amazing. that is the best sounding V eight. It uh, is out there right now. It is. And the ISF and the RCF engines also Yamaha V eights. I think the LS five hundred is engine is derived or is pretty much the same as the ISF and RCF. Awesome. Sounds incredible. So this V ten is also Yamaha engine. 
just fucked me up, man. It is stunning engine, stunning. It's like a weird looking car, but it's like it's very arresting, and it's just fucking rad, man. I yeah. just love it so much, and I love that the upshift uh, uh, gear is lighter than the downshift one, so you don't accidentally like downshift. Um, and fuck up your engine, your beautiful 4.8 litre <laughs> engine. Um, and yeah, it, it's because the GTR, the first Nissan GTR came out at the same time. Yeah. It. And I think the GTR was kind of predictably Japanese in the way that it was technically innovative, very much so. And, it, and I think it changed the whole supercar, sports car game. Sadly, not yeah. necessarily for the better, but we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but then the LFA did a very classic thing: front engine V10, rear drive. Um, it had a single clutch gearbox. Uh, it was like, it was, but it wasn't like a parody. It wasn't like a Japanese like car company parodying a European sports car. It was still very much its own thing, but it was like, tri- like a tribute. Oh, it was just fantastic. Yeah, I loved it. Japan has a, a very limited but still very exquisite reputation for front-engine rear-drive sports yeah, cars, right? for sure. Starting with the Toyota 2000 GT, yes. I would say. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Like the Skyline. Uh, and the Skyline. The original Skyline. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you've got like Street the Datsun six. 240Z. Yeah. You've got the, the Datsun 510. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Supra, <laughs> if you want to add it into that Oh, category. 100%. And the RX-7. Yeah. Uh, the RX-8, not as legendary as the RX-7, but uh, the RX-3. Which is one of the best looking seventies cars ever, I think. Um, it, especially in tune spec. Yeah, <laughs> I think it looks great. Um, yeah. Long live the LFA, as like a huge classic of all time. And I'd have it in brown. In brown. I would. They had a brown. Metallic spec. brown. Yeah, it was beautiful. Right. Uh, I love that. So okay, the rest of my cars are classics. Have you got any classics on your list? You I do. Be. Are you kidding me? Of course I do. It must be the two fifty short wheelbase. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> so it is. Good at this. I'm so good at this, apart from, uh, apart from uh, not getting the Zonda. No, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it is. I, Ferrari is like one of the most influential car companies of all time. I've not actually heard of them, so please talk about them. Um, <laughs> again, the windows are there. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Crossing ponies. I, there's like, I don't know, 30 plus Ferraris on my actual like wish list. That's fine. But I think if I had to pick one, it'd be kind of one of the most iconic Ferraris of all time. Um, the 250 GT, when it came out, was you know just another sports car. Mm-hmm. But when it was reviewed in period, mm-hmm. um, it was described as the greatest car on earth. Yeah. It was the most beautiful looking. It is. It was one of the best handling. Yeah. And it had the most amazing engine of all time. It's a Colombo V12. Faux show. Yeah. Um, I mean, see the 250s. Apart from the 64 GTR, which I think looks a little janky, um, it like it's it's a kind of strangely proportioned car because the 60 the 63 is the iconic one, like I think that everyone thinks of when you think of a G- 250. Although, arguably, you think of the short wheelbase and then you think of the mid-engine variant, the LM, right? Yeah, but that yeah. was like that was just a race-only kind of yeah. deal. Um, that was almost on my list. Uh, but the short wheelbase is. Absolutely, so stunning. I yeah. think that is my favorite one as well. I would have to go with that. Yeah. Well, um, well the '63 is close. In terms of like a traditional car experience, yeah, I think that's like the peak yeah. example right there. Yeah. yeah. So I bet you had the 250 short wheelbase 
and the 250 short wheelbase continuation on there <laughs> when you were writing the list. Yeah, yeah. I, both of them, you're like, the, oh, they both need to be on there. Well, there is no continuation officially. No. But no, what there no. is was like those companies like DK oh, Engineering yeah, 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 um, yeah. does that model. They basically buy you any 250 and then they like rebuild it to original spec. Like yeah, perfectly. so it's like, let's buy this really expensive car and, oh, you have yeah. the money, let's just do that again. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the one I'd want, to be fair, because yeah, it's fine. way cheaper and it drives way better than the most be expensive car less story. terrified of driving it. Yeah, that's you like the dumbest idea ever, to have a car that you don't want to drive. Yeah, that is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, do you want to guess one of the classes? I just don't think you're going to guess I don't these, think I will. Because we, we, yeah. we haven't talked about either of these cars. Okay, so just, just right. say it. Just come All out right. with it. So, uh, I had to have a, a muscle car. On here, so number this is my fourth one, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, the second generation uh, Chevy Camaro. No way. Yeah, dude. The I think specifically okay. Z Z twenty eight obviously. Yeah. I'm saying Z because it's American car company. This is like the late seventies um, one, right? No, early seventies. No, late seventies was garbage because you know the oil crisis. Yeah, came yeah, and yeah, Everything yeah. was terrible. Do you remember the Mustang from that era? Wait, there was like a super snake version of yeah, the Mustang yeah, yeah, that yeah. was. The most ugly car I've ever seen in my life. No, this is like, so 73. It's so a two headlight setup and it has a chrome bar going across. I've got a picture of it. All right, show me. Just a reference to I make sure to this. that you know. Um, and the reason I chose this car is because I really like Transformers. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Transformers did use so this version. No, I think. That is the one I thought you were talking about. Yep. Yeah. So this car, I don't know what it is about it. I just think it is like. The 60s muscle cars, like the Charger RT, yeah. Challenger, well that's 70 actually, so like late 60s slash late 60s, early 70, 70s. I think 71 is when things went to go bad, <laughs> um, like the Chevelle, all of those cars, like they are so classically muscle like, cars, iconic, yeah. and like, but this one for some reason just, I just love it, I think it's maybe the, the fact that it's more square than the, no, they're all pretty square actually, <laughs> but it's, as a Camaro, it's got like bolder features though. Yeah, 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 right. And I just think it's like proportionately stunning. That's like the, really funny. Do you think? Do you think like the like the the sixty nine uh, Camaro Z twenty eight is the iconic one? That's my favorite. It's and I understand why it is, but it is. Um, I think this one it, it just looks lower. The bonnet's longer. I think it just looks the best. I don't right. know if it's necessarily the best engine because it's had a lot less power than the Z20. Uh, I can't remember. Is the SS more? No, the Z20 had the most. That I think the '69 version of that had like 400 and something power. This has 360 standard, but obviously it might be quite difficult to find. I think they that. changed the fuel around that time they too. Did. They yeah. did. So they got rid of leaded fuel. Right? So it was less. So, uh, but I just think. Is the best looking Camaro in my mind. Maybe not the most beautiful, but the one I prefer. Um, so uh, yeah, I I you're right. never gonna guess that. No, I wasn't. That's, that's ever. something I don't like. What we haven't even talked about. It's like. something you keep in your your dark secrets. Uh, do you not agree with that? Do you not like this? I like that. There are a lot of other cars we've found that you might choose ahead of it. Yeah. Which is fair. But I, I respect it. I just I like that I, you have a Camaro on there. Yeah, I just I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a GM gal. That's fair. I like Ford. I don't love it. All right. Even to classically and now, yeah. I will always choose Camaro over Ford. The GT, the new GT three hundred and fifty is just like a oh, goody two shoes. Wow. I like. Wow. I have to like it, but we I, might have to fall out now. No, but I just prefer the uh, Zeller one. No. 
Whatever the top, the whatever the the, the top, the one LE, ZL one, one LE, yeah. fuck me up. That's so cool. It's an American car. You have to say Z. Z. There you go. Yeah. Or um, if you're American, you just don't say anything. Yeah. You're illiterate. <laughs> you're never gonna guess the last car on my list either. Is it okay? Give me the new country. Germany. Is it BMW? No. Is it a Porsche? Yep. Come on. Started out life. Three five six A. No. Oh, fuck. That was almost on my list. Um, Porsche. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. So, in, in the, you said it. the one shred of like rational thinking that went into this was, I want a car that I can like bring some stuff along with. You didn't say the McCann, did you? <laughs> there is zero SUVs good, on this list. Good, good, good. The TechArt Grand GT Supreme, the modified Panamera Sport Turismo. Ooh, yeah. that over a okay, GTR. That is strong. <laughs> that is, that is strong. Okay, explain yourself Look, again. <laughs> Defend yourself. I, this is your Viva. I will say again that you made these rules, and therefore it's going to okay. be unfair from the beginning. Um, oh, yes. But like, if I needed a car to carry stuff, mm-hmm. which I assumed I might mm-hmm. in a garage, mm-hmm. you can't carry stuff in CLK GTR. Mm-hmm. Passenger seat. <laughs> Well, I'm single, so I'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Panamera, I, I like the idea of the Panamera. I always have. I went to the Panamera launch. The original in Cali- one? In California, the California launch. Dude, was, the original is even worse. Oh, God, I hate that. I went there. I was, I was on board with the idea. Not styling. Like, it, it was the first generation didn't really have it. No, it was awful. The second generation, much better. Mm. In the Sport Turismo, which is the wagon variant. Yes, I love that. Okay. So, I do love that. So I think that's, that, I think that's stunning. Yeah. It's amazing. I think it's okay. it's if I could have any wagon, which is why I yeah. want to fill a wagon slot, that's the one. And the tech art one takes a standard one, Turbo S guys, obviously. Um but then it's got like the most insane interior possible. Mm. And like a yeah. kind of like tunery body kit, but not so much that it's annoying for me. Yeah, not like the like the old the Audi. It's like, not like one of their the other tech art models that are just yeah, over the top. Too much. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that car. Damn. So can you tell me why the Taycan uh, has a turbo variant? Because it's dumb. Yeah, correct. No, <laughs> no, I, the, the Porsche marketing department. Had, huh? I'm going to say the Porsche marketing department right. had a faux pas. All right, so it's not your fault, I guess. Yeah. Okay, the last one is German. Okay. It, it was made in 1959. Yep. It's Roadster. Okay. It's a Porsche? No. It's a Mercedes? No, it's not. The BMW. With a five hundred seven. I, I genuinely think it might be one of the best cars I've made. That's fair. Um, so the reason I put this on here is because if ever I'm daydreaming about how shit my life is, <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> I imagine having a rich, lavish life, the one of the very first first things I think of is cruising around the Riviera with this specific car. It sometimes varies between this and the 356A Roadster. Interesting. Okay. But this car, I, the Lazy V8, I, yeah. it's interesting actually because this car was initially made for the American market. Um, I think in this sort of similar kind of thing to the Ferrari California. The number one fun fact I know about that car is that yeah. Elvis had one. You didn't. Wait, Elvis had one? Yeah. I thought said you had one. I was like, what the f- Fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and the one I'm showing right now has a red interior and it's like a turquoise color. Maybe that's a bit much, but I love, I just think it's, 
it is so stunning. Um, it doesn't look at all German. At all. No, it doesn't. Uh, it looks very Italian. Um, it's stunning. It's the epitome of glamour for me. Okay. Um, and I, like I had to have a roadster of some sort because I love a, I love a, I, I love a soft top. Fuck hard tops. They mm. need to. They need to stop existing. That's why I'm very glad the new bit advantage is a is a roadster. Yeah. Is a soft top. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the last car we list. All right. Uh, Five or seven. There you have it. Such a stunning car. It's good to know. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I hope you get to know more about our taste, which is yeah. obviously impeccable. If yeah. different, doesn't matter. It's very different. It is different. Like, and, like, I think that's the point of, like, starting. I think together we kind of span, like, 80% of automotive culture. Yeah, and the 20% we don't want. No. The lesser 20%. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hope you under- get a better understanding of our taste of cars, where we come from. I think our opinions are sort of... Although the muscle car is a bit of a wild card for me. But I think, yeah. I hope you understand, like, kind of, the era we grew up in. Yeah. We grew up in a similar era. So I think that's why we have a lot when, of... What year were you born? 94. I was born 92. Pretty similar. Similar enough. Yeah. Where we can be like, Crow TT, fuck yes. Yep. You can be like, Macho Lago, fuck yes. Yep. Um, from Spencer and from myself, thank you for listening. We're going to drink more and have some meatballs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. All right. Peace out.